Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hardwick. Dominate every play. I need you. And Richards. Guys, please stop playing that stupid Austin Hedges walk-up song. Enough already. Yeah. Austin Hedges. Nicely groomed beard. Supple green eyes. Hidden home runs. Dongville. It's time to go. Let's go. Now, here's Nick and Judson. Dongville reminds me that at 8.15, we've got Padres tickets to give away, and you this time are going to have to answer some Padres trivia to win a four-pack of tickets to see the pods take on the Colorado Rockies, and that is tomorrow that they're going to get those tickets for? Rare Saturday day game, and everyone in attendance gets Padres sunglasses. Love a day game during the weekend. That's that's what I'm talking about. You've been getting into these pods. Well, I have been. In fact, you know, uh, Costa and I are going to be out at uh, Parking park this afternoon oh beautiful in place. Fact, it's a great deal because every friday when the uh, padres have a home game we do our show from park in the park and it's a quirk of the schedule and first of all there's five fridays in june and four of them this friday today next week and then the 23rd and the 30th the padres are at home so i'm really anxious you know going into this weekend after the sweep of the cubs first four game winning streak in almost two years for the padres you know, the crowds are good. Rockies are in town. Yes. Uh, what kind of crowds are we going to get? Yeah, you know, I went to the game Tuesday night, right? Momentum should be building in this town about I, the Padres. They are a fun group, a group it, it, of guys to be watching right I, now. Not only should it be, I think it is. It was so weird Tuesday night. So I went out there. This is when we proved Costa's been the jinx because I won. Costa, <laughs> Meg reeled him in saying, you're not going anywhere tonight. Good. But I went out there with Ernie and Brent, and we all went out to the game. And and again, it was a sea of blue. It's like it was thirty three thousand. Was a big crowd oh, for yeah. a Tuesday I night, was there. and there were all these Cub fans out there. But when Hedges hit the home run to give the early two one lead, everyone's on their feet. And I'm like, are these Cub fans rooting for the Padres? Or I I didn't quite understand it unless these are really Padre fans just dressed in. Cubs gear. Cubs fans feel the pain of Padres fans. Apparently so. They've been there. They were the lovable loser for so long, and then they became the World Series champs. As long as Jared Weaver's not out there, we're good. I saw him in the dugout. I threw out the opening pitch on that night, Tuesday. Now, by the way, uh, Matt, did you you hear the play-by-play? Of of his first pitch? It's in the system. I have to look for this. You, you the play-by-play play of my first pitch is in the system? There, well, I went you from, didn't hear it? I went from the stretch. No, they're, they're, they actually, we found the play-by-play. Play. <laughs> Please find this. No, it's, it's in the oh, system. Oh, it's in here. Hold on, hold on. All right, you haven't heard this? Is this Uncle this Teddy? This is the first we were aware of this. No, the, this was the actual, this, there was play-by-play. <laughs> play. Yes. The announcer, the Cubs announcer called your pitch. Oh, this is beautiful. Scrabby. Matt, do you have this? Scrabby. Yes. How do we? How do All we... right. This is this is this is legit. This was the Cubs announcer, and they're doing the pregame, and you came out on the mound. You're listening to the World Series champions. Oh, this is Chicago baseball on the Cubs radio network. 
just another spectacular night for baseball here at Petco Park in San Diego. As the Cubbies once again square off with the Padres. Not a great outcome for Chicago yesterday as their Memorial Day ended with a 5-2 loss to San Diego. Now we're just about set to get this one underway. Special treat for those in attendance tonight. It's former Charger Center, San Diego favorite Nick Hardwick. Scheduled to toss out the ceremonial first pitch. Of course, Nick, 11 years in the blue and gold of San Diego. He casually strides to the mound. You know, the first thing you notice is the significant weight loss on Nick with his plain days now behind him. <laughs> Speaking of behind his buttocks, so many years toiling in a constant state of squat in front of Philip Rivers, now magnificently toned and slender in his designer jeans. <laughs> Makes you kind of wonder how calloused his taint must be from all those hard snaps he endured as a center in the NFL. Of course, Nick on top of the mound now, starting to look in. And by the looks of things, you've got to assume his beautiful wife, Jamie, must enjoy the slim-down Nick Hardwick. Of course, no more grisly-like machinations involved in their passionate lovemaking. <laughs> Quick side note here before the first pitch is Ray New Parker. How long is this first pitch? Took me a while to walk out there. The Giants baseball organization felt some hard times in the Bay Area. Had to turn to male prostitution in his post-baseball days, but now doing a fine job with Nick in local sports talk radio. Nick readies himself, starts the windup. A giant green tattooed right arm lifted over his head. Reminding the older folks in attendance of those Godzilla monster movies they used to watch as kids. <laughs> and how massive that lizard's wiener must have been. <laughs> he fires at home and bullseye. Throws a perfect strike to Padres pitcher Clayton Richard. Well, we'll step aside here when we get back. Starting lineups. The top of the first inning. There you go. <laughs> you had no idea the Cubs announcer was calling your uh, first pitch. He was all over it. I had no idea it took me that long to get out there. It just went by in the blink of an eye. <laughs> they pointed at me and they said go. They put the camera on me and I thought I jumped the gun. But Scraby, you didn't know that that was in the system? No, I was, had no idea, but I'm glad you told us. Yeah. Oh so my there God. it is. There was You didn't realize that there was play-by-play -play of your first pitch. Well, one thing, one thing the play-by-play -play guy said, who strangely sounded a lot like Costa, did a great job there, was he talked about my weight loss and talked about his beautiful wife, Jamie, must love that. And in yeah. fact, at first, mm -hmm. she did not love the weight loss. Really? She did not love she the weight loss. She wanted the grizzly bear. She thought it was kind of gross, in fact. Really? It took her a while to get used to being around me. Right. So and... You know what I'm laying down here? It took <laughs> a while to... I had ribs... Poking out where I hadn't had ribs and well, hip, you know, Costa and, and I were eyewitness because you you went through the the most dramatic right in front of us. Remember, you were guesting on our show twice yes. a week. So I mean, you you went through eighty pounds like right before our eyes. It was pretty just melted. It melted off. <laughs> Talking about the Chargers. Are you going to share that with Jamie now? Is she listening? She listens every morning. Yeah. When My I, oldest son when wakes I, when up we, and he's like, We actually Dad? had this on yesterday. I, what time does she take the boys to school? 8.15. So well, we, actually I, I, earlier. I, I, said, I recommend that we play this before 8.15. We're going to have to come back to that. <laughs> We've got to come back to that. And by the way, that is not Costa. That is the Cubs announcer. Exactly. And one Big question. Oh, I've been waiting for this.
He's got slippy fingers back there, Scraby. Wanted to jump down this one big question. Anthony Lynn, Monday morning quarterback, acknowledges that the situation could be an excuse for focus drifting away from the field. He vows that won't be the case and that it'll galvanize the whole organization as they head into their first year as Los Angeles residents. So, Hartman, our one big question. We got a guy on the line, Jason, yeah. ready, ready to take his call. If you want to weigh in on this, 570-1360, can the challenges the Chargers face, whatever those challenges may be, can they be used to galvanize the whole organization, as Anthony Lynn has stated? No, I, and, and Anthony Lynn, uh, first of all, apparently lied to, uh, like, just get in line because, as he said, he took the job thinking they were in San Diego. Yeah, here's his comments. He said, when I took the job, we were still in San Diego. Four days later, we made the decision to move. I've got to be honest with you. I don't think we we're going to be leaving San Diego. I really didn't. It wouldn't have mattered much. I was looking at the organization. I felt like the organization was a fit for me. But I did have to start thinking about things differently once we decided we were moving. So let me get this straight. Anthony Lynn is interviewing for the job. They're technically still in San Diego, and he did not think they were moving to L.A. Don't you think this would have come up in the conversation? It had to come up. So It if had they, to if, have come up. Well, then basically he's indicating they lied to him, that they weren't going to move to L.A., that they were going to be in San Diego at least temporarily. Get in line, Anthony Lynn. Look, <laughs> I've been listening to you. Because yes. I listen to you guys in the morning. It's I'm out and about in the yeah. morning. Thank you. And I, uh, th- this One positive, of our many loyal listeners. Absolutely. So I get in line. But I'm, I, I, I listen to you shamelessly. Totally shamelessly. Defend this Charger organization in terms of what your expectations are for 2017. I don't get it, Nick. I mean, no. I mean, when we're talking about a team that's won nine total games over the last two years. With a quarterback, your dear friend Philip Rivers, who over the last nine games last year was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. True. Where the velocity in the ball is beginning to waver. As, considering what he threw over 660 passes he the year before. He threw 21 interceptions last year. Right. And a lot of them because the ball just did not get there in time. Okay. And Where because, mentally he, well, he also, sees the play, but the ball is not getting there as quickly as it used to get. Let's not forget that he didn't have star wide receiver Keenan Allen, primary okay. target. This, okay. Let's, you're, let's then talk you're about dealing it. with Tyrell Williams, right. who's challenged in space and tight spaces. Right. And he doesn't and Phillips, fight for the ball either. And that's not really, he became the number one, number two receiver, Dontrell Inman, Travis Benjamin. We got to look at the guys that he's got available to him but Nick, and look at what he's trying to do. He's trying to come back from behind, trying to fit balls into spots. And Phillips, not a guy who's just going to hand the ball off and take a loss. He would much rather throw an interception and go down swinging. The mantra would be, you might beat my but but you ain't gonna like it. All right, well, his Phillip butt Rivers. is gonna be on the ground a lot this year. Look, let, let's let's here. Here's what gets to me, Nick. And being you as this prolific Pro Bowl center, yes, to not recognize what is going on with this offensive line. First of all, I don't. I do not believe there's two worse offensive tackles 
than what they got going right now. Russell Okun last year gave up more hurries than any other offensive tackle in football. He is a run blocker. When he was he is a excelling run in Seattle, he's a run blocker. True. Joe Barksdale had more tackles than Corey Legit last year. <laughs> I mean, he was a tackling machine at right tackle. I mean, he is terrible. And now a lot you of took pre-snap the, penalties, the only, a lot of holes. The only guy you had steady was Slauson, and you're moving him to guard. He needs to move to guard. So now you're going to have, once again, Phillip Rivers trying to connect with a new center again. I, Spencer Pulley, are you kidding me? And then your other guard's going to be a rookie? I look at this offensive line, so I don't care if you have a healthy Keenan Allen or if this Mike Williams actually ever plays another injury-prone rookie drafted by Telesco. Great job, Tom. Showed up back injury week one OTAs. Well, Melvin Gordon, Hunter, none of this is going to matter if he doesn't have time to throw. And all I keep envisioning, of course, is that opening Monday night game with Vaughn Miller just licking his chops, staring at Joe Joe Barksdale, like, bring it on, man. I, I, I just... This offensive line is a mishmash of nothing right now. Joe Barksdale actually matches up nicely against Vaughn Miller. There's there's a couple of very odd matchups for Joe Barksdale. And Vaughn Miller is one of them, and Khalil Mack is another one. And I know it sounds strange, but he has good games against those two players. It's not going to happen on Monday night. This this is an offensive line in obviously incredible transition. Not many teams lose three starters and have to replace three starters and move yet another player into a different position. Addition by subtraction. It yeah, was complete but, but, addition but by subtraction. Is, it takes time for an offensive line to mesh. No, these guys can come together in a hurry. Who if they, are these guys? If they get on the same page, they can come together in a hurry. That's moving, a, big, moving that's a Matt, big if. Moving Matt Sloss into left guard is the best move the Chargers made this offseason. Except that you, you have to recognize more than anyone on the planet the importance of having a center quarterback connection. Yes. How many different centers has Philip Rivers been staring at since you retired? Oh, plenty. What is it, seven? Plenty, yes. And finally, last year, he had a connection with Slauson. Now he's gone. But he's also worked with Spencer Pulley. He has, but not he, on a regular year. No, but that's what this offseason is about. They're going to get over 1,500 snaps together. If it is Spencer Pulley, it may be Max Turk. It may be Dan Feeney. Guard out of Indiana let me, University. Let me ask you also about this move thing. All right, let, let's talk about, about the relocation. Yeah, can I let me tell you why yeah. Slauson's a great fit for left okay. guard? He goes out, he gets to float in space. He's a bulldog. He's a Chris Dealman mentality guy. He's a fighter. He can now get back out of the cerebral mode and get back into more Chris Dealman, Richie Incognito, Marshall Yonda type mode. He's a brawler. He's a Harley Davidson type guy. He's going to go out there and waylay people and he's going to set the tone. And by the way, his size, his speed and his lack of foot quickness is better for him at guard than it is at center. I think it was a bit of an inhibition for the run game because he couldn't get his first step down quickly. It limited what abilities they had in the run game. You get a guy at center with a little bit more suddenness, the tip of the spear type thing to dent the defense, and then you got the heavy weight from Slauson and Forrest Lamp coming in. Forrest Lamp, highest rated offensive lineman. Run, Forrest, run! By a lot of accounts. Here's what they're going to do with Phillip. He's a rookie! Oh, yeah, it's I, here, that's here. the best. When, when you, when, no. you want rookies on the line. You know why? Rookies play with unadulterated energy and fear. They play. Is Spencer Pulley ready to be the quarterback of this offensive line? He is. 
Okay. You know, I, I don't see any of this. What I see is, once again, a team in transition. And then let's go back to a year ago with the St. Louis Rams moving to Los Angeles. That Rams team was 7-8-1, and one, coming off a year where they swept two from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yep. They were a team on the rise. What did we think? All right, you got, a, you got a strong running game. Strong running game. You have a strong defense. And you're going to have a, a young quarterback that's going to be eased into the lineup. What happened? They went into a nosedive. Think well, about they couldn't this. run the ball because they couldn't throw the ball. It works hand in hand. What they the weren't char- throwing the ball the year before either. And yet yeah, they were able. They were discombobulated by their move to Los Angeles. Think right now if Jamie and the boys were in a transition. You have to get them into schools and everything else yep. right now. By the way, dad's got to get to work. I've got, I got things to do. You know, your wife and kids obviously are, are your main priority, so they're on your mind. You got to get a house. You got to get a place to live. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And, oh, that's right. You need to focus on playing in the National Football League. Much bigger task This though, first year from is St. going Louis. to be a disaster for the Chargers. Much bigger task moving from St. Louis coming to Los Angeles. Much the mindset. Anybody listening right now that's moved from San Diego to L.A. will tell you that is a major move. It is a major move. I'm not going to disagree that it is a major move. But coming from the Midwest right. to the West Coast in the first place is jarring. Coming from Indianapolis to San Diego, not Los Angeles, was warp speed. I was blinded out here. It was way too fast for me. I didn't understand the vibe of the people. It took me six months to get my feet underneath me. And wait me. till L.A. pulls in those guys like Jason Verrett. He is sucked in, man. I mean, he is Not all LA. in on they're the LEC. They're going to be in he Orange is, County. He is hitting that. Oh, no way. They're it's in, called Hollywood. They're in a much more casual place than L.A. Uh, proper. You, outside of Phillip Rivers with his bolo tie, the rest of those young players, the Bosa's, they're going to be sucked into that Hollywood scene. You can look and at they're it not that way. used to it, and it's going to it's going to wipe that team out. Or you could look with at a it. coach that really has no no business being a head coach. I mean, who, who is Why? Anthony? He's a running back coach. You even said, and I, you backed up what I had said. There is no less significant assistant coach when it comes to game planning yes. on an offense than the running back coach. That's and true. Anthony Lynn was a running back coach his entire career the good before news he was is, made an interim offensive coach the good news is he doesn't have to be that involved with the game plan the head coach's job is to call timeouts and to lead the men and we even mentioned the defense you're completely flipping your defense without a significant addition on that defense it was one of the worst in the league last year you are going to get back jason verrett to couple him with another so he's going to stay healthy after all these years that's the big if that's the big if you know two other big ifs in the middle yeah Denzel Perryman, Jatavis Brown, right in the middle of that defense. Well, if how those... about Corey Legion, who has not shown up for two years? True. He's got to uh, show how's, up. How's he's, that going to work? He's got to have a better year. He's got to have a better year. Now he's playing inside in a position he hasn't played before. Joey Bosa, he's, he's always been inside. Corey's always been inside. No, but I mean, he's always... a majority of their snaps were in a 3-4 front. Now you're in a 4-3 front. It's not much different. Is Mebane going to stay it's, healthy for 16? It's really not much different. Corey's going to play a three technique, Melvin which he always Ingram played. show up this year? He needs to show up. That's yeah. a, Has he signed his tender yet, by the way? Hey, let, let me get to this phone line right, real you quick. Get this? Yeah, let's go to Jason. All right. And to hit that button. I will do that. Jason in San Diego. Jason, good morning. You want to weigh in on this? Good morning, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Nick, I feel bad for you, man. I don't think uh, Hartman's going to let you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's a casual Friday for me. Yeah, good morning, fellas. Uh, I, I, um, I, 
I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, take the advice from the guy who actually plays the position, Nick. You know, I'm riding with you. Uh, I see how, how Hartman, he, he's trying to skin the cat so many different ways in negativity with the Chargers, but he doesn't want to admit any of the other, any of the other things that, that he knows is, is there as well. I mean, he'll be, he'll be quick to say, well, they lost to the Cleveland Browns, but he won't say anything about how they beat the Falcons. And that was, and that team, you know, went to Oakland and, and smashed the Raiders last year and gave them their worst loss of the year. You know, Jason, they were five and eleven last year. He talked about he talked about how you know well they're getting a new center. Well, last year they had a new center and he, and he was the strongest player on the offensive line. So if, you know you can just look around and yes they were five and seven. But if you sit here and if you take away, let's, we can even we can even compare them to uh, let's just say for use the Raiders for an example. He talks about how you know uh, the San Diego. Uh, I mean how the Chargers you know they're lacking this they're lacking that. If you look at the Raiders, look at the weakness of the Raiders last year. They had, can, can you name, besides Khalil Mack, I don't know if you look at him as a D-lineman or, an, or a linebacker, who, who, who else can you name on that D-line? You're comparing a 12-4 and 4 team to a 5-11 and 11 team. I, again, Jason, <laughs> until I see some life, this is a Charger team that since the year 2010, over the last seven years, has had a losing record. With Phillip Rivers starting every single one of those games. And I'll be the first to admit, Phillip is certainly one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So you've had the advantage of an elite quarterback, and still this is an organization with a below 500 record, not just over the last two years, but over the last seven years combined. That's not a good direction. This team is 1-13 in their last 14 games in the division. In other words, for the Chargers to move up, somebody in the AFC West needs to move down. Who's that going to be? That's going to be the Raiders. The Raiders. That's going to be the Raiders. So you're saying the 12 and 4 Raiders and the 5 and 11 Chargers are going to flip spots. That's what I'm saying. You know who wow. else is going to move down? The Denver Broncos. <laughs> Denver Broncos are moving way down. How they are the Chargers moving? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. They're getting players back healthy. They acquired Mike Williams. Mike Williams, we haven't even seen a play yet. Got two safeties in the fifth round. Oh my! Fourth and fifth round, and their offensive line. Where is this optimism coming from? And their from? offensive line. Let me describe the offensive it. line. They Let have me... to replace three starters. They only have one person back, and he was the worst offensive tackle in the league last year, Joe Barksdale. When we return, I'm going to describe what the offensive line means to a team. (laughs) And I'm going to use my former teammate, Chris Dealman. We had him on yesterday. Some sound from Chris Dealman. And how can a team turn around incredibly quick? Well, we'll both tell you. Coming up next on Extra. 
Coming up Friday in the herd. Cavs Warriors game one will be done. I think the Cavs get a nerve. Well, there we go, slippy fingers. You know, I'm always interrupting everybody. <laughs> it's, always, it's time to chime in. I mean, even Colin, I'll I'll interrupt him. Get your sense. fingers out of your nose, Scraby. Then they won't slip on the buttons, man. I am thrown <laughs> off today. You're jittery. I don't know. It's, it's the got presence you of the legendary Steve Hartman in the building. I don't know about legend, but I will say this. I, I'm reading this I tweet know about, right I now. I know about legend. I'm reading this tweet right now here, uh, Nick, and it says, yeah, this is great OBQ for the people of Los Angeles. Yeah, whatever, Thomas. No, no, no. Let, Thomas let, is a hater. He, you know what? And that hater wants to hear this. Let, let me, let me, I will say this. I, you know, we have been nonstop charger talk over the last three years on this station. Good. Thomas, enjoy the mute button. And it is going to continue to be a huge source of charger talk because LA is not going to give you any charger talk. We know that. Mute. And whether you're hating on the Chargers right now or still a diehard Charger fan, at least this first year, Nick, is going to be monstrous here in San Diego. Monstrous. Because if you're hating on them right now, you you want to see this team nosedive. You actually are going to, for once, agree with what I have to say, that they are going to be so bad, so embarrassing uh, that it's going to be delightful every second of the way. Or you disagree and you're like with Nick right now in this... Uh, optimistic. Optimistic? Optimism. Optimism, I, I, Hartman. Okay. It's optimism. Every year going to the 26 in their last 36 games. Good. So let's go back to One this. One in 13 in the last 14 Let's talk games. about this. All right. I got drafted along with Philip Rivers, Igor Olshansky, yes. Mike Turner, Nate Kading, right. Sean Phillips mm-hmm. in the 2004 draft. Yeah. The year before. Four and 12 teams. Four and 12. Right. The next year, 12 and, 12 12. and four. Right. Immediate changeover. Mm-hmm. What happened to the offensive line? Cleaned house. Yeah, they cleaned house except for one guy, right? Tony Finotti. Tony mm-hmm. Finotti stuck around for one additional year before Chris Steelman stepped in and took that job over and went to a bunch of Pro Bowlers. And, right, and his Hall of Fame career got shortened. But traded for Roman Oban mm-hmm. from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, and people thought Roman was done. He had bad knees. People thought he was done. You could liken that to Russell Okun. Okay. Russ, Roman Oban, great leadership qualities. Coming in, letting our offensive line know how we needed to behave. And his whole job there was to teach the younger guys, me, Shane Olivier, who started a right tackle that year, two rookies in the lineup that year. He taught us how to be professionals. Mike Goff was part of that offensive line. He signed a free agent contract that year. Came out from Cincinnati. Cincinnati didn't want him anymore. They had a replacement for him. Mm-hmm. They had Eric Steinbach come right, out. Right, right. So Goff came over mm-hmm. and he became our free agent acquisition. And so you can liken that offensive line to the offensive line that they've now assembled at Charger Park by bringing in Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Russell Okun, switching positions with Matt Slauson, which we talked about earlier. Here's the deal. The Chargers have... Added by subtracting. They got rid of King Dunlap. They got rid of Orlando Franklin. They got rid of DJ Fluker. Guys who, when they're playing at their best, are good. They were really good in spots, in starts. They could show up. They could be mean. They could be physical. But they couldn't consistently do it. And what is the offensive line for a football team? They are the work ethic engine of the football team, not just the offensive line, not just of the offense. They show everybody how to work, 
how to fight, how to scrap. And when an offensive lineman is willing every day to show up and fight a defensive lineman, fight a linebacker, that escalates during practices. Every three or four practices, there should be a brawl in training camp with offensive line and defensive line and linebackers. You weren't getting that out of Charger Park. You weren't getting that because... King and Orlando and DJ, they didn't really want to be fighting every day. They didn't want to show up every single day and put in that monotonous work that it takes to be an offensive lineman. We had a sign up in our room that Roman Oban brought in and he hung up and it was a picture of all five of us. And over the top of it was a quote. He's like, we are offensive linemen. We show up day in and day out and work monotonously so the guys behind us can be safe. These guys last year didn't have that work ethic. Yeah, they would show up and sure DJ Fluker would put on a little festivities and everyone get everyone seemingly riled up. And the fan base thought DJ was the answer. Too slow, too big, too out of shape to consistently do it. Orlando Franklin just could not consistently week in and week out be the bully that he needed to be at the left guard position. The only consistent performer they had on the line was Matt Slauson. And he needs to return to being a bully, which he can at the left guard position. I Can I, uh, first of all, I, for me to argue NFL offensive line with a legend like yourself seems a little out of place. But Go I want to bring it. up something. Because I was talking on the weekend with your dear friend, Brady Papinga. Hi, Brady. So... You know, we talk about the decline of the running game in the National Football League, and I have a theory about that. It's not just the fact that teams are no longer really stressing the running game. It's that the offensive linemen coming out of college don't know how to run block anymore. With all the spread offenses that we see in college football, this, you know, knows of the grindstone. This is the difference between 2017 and 2004. You were well-versed on how to run block. Sure. I watch these offensive linemen right now. They don't know how to run block anymore. You always say, well, you know, every lineman they always say this. They don't know how to pass block anymore is the difference. But, the problem, but one of the things they always say, you know, every offensive line, oh, I love to fire off. That's great. Except you don't actually know what you're doing. You know, when you go back to the classic days when the NFL was dominated by the running game, that's all they did. They knew everywhere to go, where to block, how to do all this stuff. But when you're constantly backpedaling in a passage situation, guess what? You are not well-versed on actually how to effectively run block. You brought up the four. You know who didn't know how to run block? Chris Dillman, he was a defensive tackle when he came to the Chargers. They cut him, and he came back, and he learned how to run block quickly. In order for a running game to work, everyone, I mean everybody on that offensive line, has to be in sync. Oh, yes. It's, 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 it's everyone moving all together like you guys did the visual, in leading LT all the way to the Hall of Fame. The visual would be 300 with the shields next to the shields and surging forward. by the way, forward, going no back seams. to 2004, are you going to say that Melvin Gordon can be LaDainian Tomlinson? No, he can't be. I mean, I've heard you he can't belittle be. Melvin Gordon as a guy that until you actually average four yards a carry, yes. don't even call yourself an NFL running back. He didn't have the offensive line to do that last year. And I still they say were, he doesn't have the offensive line. They were too line. slow. Their footwork was so slow. They got penetrated. They couldn't get their shields are you together. Cha- are they going to completely change this? Are you going to go to a two-back set? Are you going to utilize your fullback? More often. Are you going to actually have Phillip Rivers standing standing under center? Yes. 
We've been hearing this for three years. They drafted Derek Watt last year. The organization wants to go to more run blocking. Why did we see it last year? They couldn't. They didn't have the offensive line to be able to do that. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the foot quickness, and they couldn't figure it out And by the way, what is their alternative for Melvin Gordon in the backfield? They didn't add a running back. They need a running back. They've they got to find Williams? one. I mean, uh, They've got to find one. they got Brandon Oliver, they which need I'm, a not, Danny I'm not a massive fan. Type. See, that's what I would have drafted. Why did they draft Mike Williams? Because they need to get rid of the ball But you quicker. just said that they want to run the ball. Why didn't you take Christian McCaffrey? He's going to help run the ball. Mike Williams helps Why run the you, ball. McCaffrey now could have done so many. You, you put Christian McCaffrey younger, stronger, faster than a Danny Woodhead with uh, Phillip Rivers. You tell me he wouldn't have wanted Christian McCaffrey as an offensive weapon. Oh, he he would have done anything with oh, him. He totally put him in the slot. It. Put him at wide receiver. Put it running back. Mike Williams. I never Mike Williams was a good play because it's twofold. It affects the game twofold. Keenan Allen's your possession receiver. He's got the ability to take over and just continue to move you down the field. Mike Williams can stretch the field out. He's also a big, strong guy with big hands. That's if you can get Philip Rivers the time to get him the ball. That's the difference is he can beat man press. Where their guys last year can't beat man press. Travis Benjamin. Well, injuries are the big ifs. With the Chargers team. Why have the Chargers had so many injuries? I'm every, every, I even saw Dean Spano sit there one time right there in front of Mike McCoy. Remember that? And he looked at him and he goes, yeah, how come we're having so many injuries on this team? Is that going to be resolved this year? Let's talk about that around the corner. Why are there so many injuries around this? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chargers team. Extra 1360. Fox Sports San Diego. Ormberger with you. Mark and Rich right at noon. We're going to be breaking down game one of the NBA Finals. Also, we're going to be joined by Padres closer Brad Hand. We'll see how his season's going. That's coming up today at noon on Extra 1360. Fox Sports San Diego. Hardwick and Hartman, extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. Get in on this action. He's at Cannon Hartman, 1T1 in. I'm at Hardwinna, and we are at extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. Jason Case said, loving the back and forth banter, y'all. It's like rubbing two sticks together. Straight fire. Keep it up. Wow. Johnny V says, are we talking rivers? We, <laughs> we are talking rivers. Well, I look, and again, I, Rivers is always a touchy subject in San Diego because of the amazing allegiance the city has to a great, great quarterback. Yeah. The problem is, is that what I saw in the second half of last year from Phillip Rivers looked suspiciously like what we saw from Peyton Manning in the second half of 2014 when seemingly Manning was going to go forever. Had a huge first half of 2014. Suddenly it wasn't quite there. And you're like, all right, was it an aberration? 2015, he goes off the cliff. He fell off the cliff. Before we get into it, yeah. I got to ask you, what's your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time is The Graduate. 
The Graduate. Keep that in mind, because within the next hour, we are going to ask you that, and you're going to have to call in 570-1360. You can call in any time if you want to weigh in on what we're talking about. But it's free movie Friday. You're going to have a chance to win a pair of tickets to the movies, thanks to the Adam Tickets app, where you can browse movie titles, buy movie tickets, pre-order concessions, and skip lines. Download the free Adam Tickets app now, or visit atomtickets.com. So do you think Philip Rivers is going to fall off the cliff? Do you think this is the year that physically his body fails him? Because Peyton Manning, you remember, had the nerve damage in his neck, yes. which was really we, a f- we didn't see any problem when he came back from that egg injury. He had two and a half years of the most prolific numbers he ever put up in his entire career. The other difference is when Peyton Manning fell off the cliff, he still had all of his weapons at his disposal. Right. Last year, Phillip Rivers is dealing with Tyrell Williams, undrafted free agent mm-hmm. who really kind of came out of nowhere, surprised some people, but he's got a lot of holes in his game. He doesn't exactly know where to be at all times. No, he he's, doesn't know how to fight for the he's ball. He's not good at competing for the ball. No. And you would think of being six, four two twenty, he would be the guy that goes up and towers over people. People were expecting more Malcolm Floyd. And I think what you got from Tyrell Williams is more of a guy to hit across the middle and go for big, long runs. up. But the it scene. goes beyond that, Nick here. Look, no one knows Phillip rivers better than you do. Here's what I've seen over the last several years since I came back to San Diego. Philip wants to be in his comfort zone. His comfort zone is out of the shotgun. Power That's alley. Where he That's does correct. not want to be lined up under center. Two years ago, you know, Frank Reich, we were watching. We were, you know, Cost and I were there every day at training camp, and we're watching him under center. Season starts, where is he? Back in the shotgun. Because that's his comfort zone. I do not see Phillip Rivers, you know, going into his 14th year in the NFL suddenly saying, oh, yeah, line me up under center. Because it's going to require him to do a lot of things that he hasn't done in a long, long time. At the end of LT's run here in San Diego, where he was the great, he was the one that everyone worked around. Right. Ladanian. Yes. Drew Brees was under center. Phillip Rivers was under center. Correct. When LT's, that was a decade ago. When his abilities started to wane, Phillip Rivers then was forced right. into the shotgun into his comfort zone. Well, Phillip's abilities, being 35, going to be 36 this year, are starting physically to deteriorate. He's got, I still believe, three good years left in him. He could muscle those out. But the Chargers got to put him in a tighter corridor. They got to make his decision making easier for him. Well, can he adapt to this? See, he has much, to. He has to but adapt. It doesn't, I don't. I think there is a certain stubbornness to Philip Rivers. I'm sure there is. That he which wants has to made run, him so successful. He wants to do the things that he does well. You know, everyone. When we when you watch him throw the football, it is unreal because he better than any quarterback I've ever seen throws to spots. Everything is so much about the timing. I mean, he lets go of the ball, and you're like, where is he throwing it? There might be a defender. There's no offensive player in sight. And then the ball ends up landing right in the guy's hands. He has to be on the same stage. But he does that when he has the ability to scan the field out of the shotgun. When you're taking the ball from center, there's a lot of mechanics that are involved with that. A lot of football. Dropping back. Now, it might improve the running game, but that's still if the interior of the offensive line, which is it's always the key three. to any running, yeah, running game. Yeah, center and two guards are everything that's, that's with the, the running game. That's the thing for the running game, and we've got nothing but question marks right now in the middle of that offensive line. They were forced to throw the ball the way they were last year because they realized the offensive line couldn't continually put 
a good product on the field as far as blocking. They would show up some games and get it done. Other games, they're very limited in what they could do. And when defenses figured out how to defend that offensive line, it was very easy to stymie and Melvin Gordon. And all of this, by the way, all of these things happening in a new home where you have no clue where you are, in, in a setting that is going to be unlike anything any NFL player has ever seen, because I've been to, I've been to StubHub many times. Oh yeah, we for high school football there. games, and I've been there for soccer games. It's a soccer field. It's not a football stadium. We had training camp there my rookie year at StubHub. Yeah, did you have twenty seven thousand fans in the seats? No, actually, the X Games were going on exactly during the middle of it. I got to see a really cool Lenny Kravitz concert. Oh really? Let me tell you why Mike Williams is going to help the run game out. Mike Williams, okay. M- Mike Williams, Clemson wide receiver, first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Here's why he's going to help the run game out. Here's why I like this move. I, I really wanted the Chargers to take O.J. Howard, tight end, out of Alabama. I wanted him to take Christian McCaffrey, but go ahead. I understand. I, I totally get Christian. Yeah, but, because of, of, of his connection with Phillip. But Mike Williams, here's what having yeah. another wide receiver who can beat man press does. You get Mike Williams, you get Keenan Allen on opposite sides of the field. What it does is you can't leave your safeties. You can't force one down in the box and say, all right, that corner is going to shut that guy down. He's going to shut Tyrell down. That guy's going to shut Dontrell or Travis Benjamin down, and we're all good. So we'll go single high safety. He can help where needed. We're going to put one down in the box, and we're going to make it so the Chargers can't run the football. We're going to pack eight of them in there, and we're, they, nobody's running the football on us. Well, what's going to happen with Mike Williams is you're going to be forced to go to a too high safety. You're going to have to balance out the field. You've got to balance out the defense because you can't leave a guy exposed for too long. Yeah, they'll be able to jump in and out of it, but too high safety is immediate signal on the play call. Even if you have a pass called, you'll go too high safety. Let's get to a run here. Second and six, let's go to a run. And that's where Phillip's going to have to be. And that's the... The real deal with the Chargers this year is can the coaching staff force Phillip Rivers into a game plan that he may not necessarily want to be in? That's not based on his past, his power alley, but he will get better performance if Anthony Lynn and Ken Wisenhunt can say, we see you as this now. This is you now, and it would be very refreshing for a coach not to come in and have a love affair with Philip that can say, you are a, right. you are a player, you are a piece of this puzzle, you are not the puzzle. All right, let's go back to 2013, okay? So you guys are sitting there, and you're 5-7. and seven. Wizenhunt's the offensive coordinator. McCoy's in his first year. Team's going nowhere, and Wizenhunt says, enough, we're going to run the football. Take me through the process. How did Phillip Rivers, by the way, during that five-game winning streak, including the road victory against Cincinnati in the playoffs, over those five games, it's hard to imagine nowadays, the Chargers actually had more run plays over that five-game span than pass plays. Now, how did this happen? How did Phillip Rivers buy into it? And how come we never saw it again? Because he had to buy into it. We, we were at a position where we didn't have a choice. But why did we never see that again? I don't think you've got the offense. I don't think you had the offensive line last year to be able to do that. But that so, was 2013. We haven't seen it since 2013. That up. They've got to get back to that. Because Phillip won over the coaching staff. Because his brain is absolutely incredible. And when he's talking to coaches, when he's talking to McCoy, when he's talking to Wisenhunt, he's... At their level or above their level with football But he was also four years younger in 2013, right? True. But 
They've got to say they've got to take that age. Anthony Lynn has to take that age, and he seems like a blunt force trauma guy. He's not going to pull any punches. He's not going to mince any words. He's not going to try to butter up Phillip. He's going to say, Phil, you're 35, 36 years old. We need you to be this quarterback. We need your brain on the field to diagnose the defense, get rid of the ball quickly, and to hand the ball off. That's what we need Gordon from you. as good as Ryan Matthews? He can be. Ryan Matthews was a four and a half yards a carry running back. 4.4 average. Yeah. Ryan Matthews, yes. Yeah, Gordon's not got a sniff of that. Not yet. Not yet. He could be. He could be. He's got he's got the ability to break some off. Okay. They've got I mean, that's, I mean that's that's how the running game works. Ryan Matthews, when given the opportunity, took advantage. Yes, you've got to hit some big ones. You've got to go long to be able to stretch out that average. The three, four yards in a cloud of dust only works so long. You've got to pop some 20, 30, 40-yard runs out to really get that average stretched out there. All right. Coming up. (laughs) I could go all day. It's another one big question. I could go all day on this. Is this NBA Finals going to be a rout? We're getting to it next on Extra 1360, Fox Sports San Diego. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.